Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. That was some worship, (laughs) y'all. I mean, I hear some whoops. That was some good stuff. Man, I'm just, I'm sitting here and I'm listening, I'm watching as a student pastor, so proud. Taylor's singing out this morning. I know, I know the whole band did a great job, but just a student pastor, just love it, love it. She did an awesome job. The whole band did a great job, but I tell you, there was a point in that third song we were singing, what a beautiful name is, and if you're sitting up in this area, you didn't see it, but I was sitting here on the side, and I'm telling you guys were praising, and you had your hands in the air, and you were singing, and you were worshiping, and man, what a powerful moment because of a beautiful name. His name is Jesus. Isn't that why we're here this morning? Isn't that why we're praising this morning? Isn't that why we're singing and we believe in the truth and the power of his faith this morning? So, I'm gonna quit. We're gonna get started, all right? Because I could could come on all day with that stuff. We're gonna be talking, all right, about this flesh and blood series we've been talking about, and we're gonna be in Ephesians chapter six, Ephesians chapter six, and we're gonna focus today on the strategy of the battle because here's the deal. If we just have this idea that we know this realm is out there, but we don't actually look and see what God is wanting to do, what he has laid out for us to use as a defense of this this whole armor of God, then we're missing the point because just because we're aware of something doesn't mean we know how to defend ourselves properly. That makes sense, but if we know what God is talking about and we know who Jesus is and we put on that full armor of God and we have a strategy for the battle, we are fighting and we realize we're fighting from victory. And that's been one of the things that PJ's talked all all along about in this series, that we are fighting from victory. I I have a confession to make to you this morning. As a long, 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 long Razorback fan, it is hard sometimes to be a Razorback fan. Many of you in this room, you understand, you get my frustrations with this, this idea of being a Razorback fan, right? Well, sometimes, and I'm, I'm confessing this, sometimes I will record the game, right? I'll record the game, but before I turn it on, I begin to watch it, I go look at what the final score was. Right, I go look at what the final score was because if it's going to bring me heartbreak, I don't want anything to do with it. Right, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to be disappointed. But by golly, if they have won the game, I'm fixing to go watch that game and cheer on my hogs. Now I don't do that every time. All right, so don't 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 be mad at me. I don't do that every time. But sometimes I just have to do that. But it's a great reminder that that's exactly how we are in Jesus Christ. We've won the victory. We have victory in him. He's recorded it all for us, and in the end, we win. See, we're fighting from victory. All you have to do is you got to put on the armor of God. We fight this battle, this spiritual battle, this invisible battle with the armor that God has for us. And see, here's the deal. I think sometimes we we, we get a little frightened, and sometimes we need some, some courage, though, right? 
I want to give you a little bit of courage this morning with an illustration. Matt Chandler puts it this way. Matt Chandler once was, was hearing what he said and how he was talking about a faith of what Christians should look like and this evidence, right, that's all around us. And, and Matt Chandler put it this way. He said, if you were to go out in the street and get hit by a Mack truck, you're going to leave away from that changed and looking different, aren't you? You're going to look a little different, aren't you? You go out in the street, you get hit by a Mack truck, you're going to leave changed. You probably ain't walking away from that, right? You're going to leave completely changed. Church, can I tell you this morning, when Jesus Christ entered your life and you became a follower of him, you got hit with the Spirit of God. You realize you became a changed new creation of him. That is where we fight from. So when we have this idea and we know that we've been changed, it ought to look changed, right? We ought to be fighting from change in this new creation that's in us and this truth that we have in Christ. I want to start out by, by showing a definition of what courageous is because that's going to come into play in today's message. And the simple definition is this, the ability to do something that frightens one. Here's the deal. Something that's very frightening about this spiritual battles, we can't see it. Right, it's frightening because we don't know what's attacking us or what's around us. We don't understand. We can't fully see it. Right? We don't, we can't understand it fully because we can't actually touch it. And so it it gives us a fear. It gives us anxiety. It sends us into sometimes a depression because we just don't get it. I want to tell you that Scripture is telling us right off the bat in Ephesians chapter six verse ten. Look at what he says. He says finally. After all of what he says to the church at Ephesus, he says, finally, I'm ending with this. Here's the big thing. Here is where I'm getting at. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, we're going to look at a guy at the very end named Joshua because I want to tie someone in that I believe was standing in the strength and the armor of God in such a crucial time in the history of Israel and even our history as believers. But let's look at verses 6, or excuse me, 13 through 17. It says this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having to put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Father God, we come to you this morning. God, just bless your Word. Bless us this morning as we open up our hearts and let down our walls, God, that you would be proactive today in our lives. We love you. It's your name I pray. Amen. Three things we're going to look at this morning. So just lean in with me for about the next 20 minutes. Lean in with me, and we're gonna get through this, but we're gonna, we're gonna open our hearts. I'm challenged, just open our hearts, and let's see what God's word has to say to us this morning. Three things we're gonna look at today. What does it look like to stand firm in the strategy of the spiritual battle? We have to stand on truth. We have to stand on truth. We get to stand behind the shield of faith, but we stand and live through our salvation. His salvation for us. 
But that first one, let's, let's, look, at, let's look at it, standing on truth, right? Because culture will tell us, culture will tell us this slide, that your truth, your truth is the only truth that really matters. And here's what I mean by that. Here's what I mean by that. Because if I have a truth, and my flesh has a truth, and I believe that truth to be the truth, but then there's someone over here that says, well, this is what my truth is, and I believe that this truth is the truth. Well, what if my truth says that that truth is a lie? One of them can't be the truth, but what culture and society wants to tell us is that all truth is relevant to you, that you can have whatever truth that you want, that you can say whatever truth that is imagining in your head, and it's okay. But that's not what God says. That's not at all what he's talking about here in, in uh, verse 14, I believe. He says, stand firm, having fastened on the belt of truth. He starts out by having this, this belt of truth, the things that keeps everything together, that keeps it buckled in, this, this idea of truth and us being truthful in our own lives as Christians, but standing firm in the strategy and in the fight and in the battle against all the others that will try to demonize your truth. Because you're not living and you're not fighting from your truth. You're living and you're fighting from his truth. That's what makes it different. See, we're not fighting from our own understanding and of our own truth because our truth falters. Our truth isn't good enough. Our truth doesn't get us to where we need to get. The real truth, the only truth, is his truth. And when you do this, church, it is courageous. Don't, listen to me students for a moment. Don't let culture and your, and your peers and your people, right, that you get around, try to dictate to you that your truth, his truth, isn't good enough for them, which means you're not good enough for them. Look around this room today. These people here today are behind you and believe in this truth. Many of you are being raised in the truth of his word. And I promise you, you stand firm on this and you stand, you stand your ground. I promise you, when you put on that belt of truth, here's what follows. Look at what he follows it with. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. You know what truth leads to? A righteous and a pure life. We think of purity. We think of uh, sexuality, right? But purity and living a righteous life is what's good. And we don't have to give way for a righteous life to fit in. We don't have to give way for a little bit of truth here and a little bit of truth here. We can believe fully and stand on the truth, not your truth, his. That is such a difference when it comes to the world and it comes to what we believe in and who God is. We, we go a little bit further here. He goes on, he says, right? Fasten on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteous, righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Peace. You know what truth leads to? Peace, right? It leads to peace. You ever just given in and you give up and you say, I'm ready to be released from this. I'm just gonna fully 
believe and have faith in this truth of who God is, if that's you, right, that's that what I was talking about, that's the Mack truck moment, right? That's when you fully, you're like, man, what a peace that the gospel gives me. But you leave their change, right? Because what is going to give others peace? Who's going, to get, who's going to get peace from someone who's dealing with drug addiction? Who's going to get uh, peace from someone who maybe is going through a divorce? Who's going to get peace of someone who's being maybe abused in their life? Who's going to get peace from that? They're not going to find it in the standards of the world and their truth. They're going to find it in his. And it comes from the breastplate of righteousness when you live your life for him through his truth. And it comes when the gospel is moving from the shoes that you walk through and you live your life through Christ. People see him through you. The truth, we live a life of truth for him because of him. This next one is really good, all right? Stand behind the shield of faith. Now, we're gonna try something out here. When, when, you, when I say that, what do you, what do you visualize? When you, hold, when you hold a shield, what do you think it's, what do you think it's protecting, right? It's just sitting right here. Right, we, we see all these Netflixes and all these different shows that have the, the warriors on there and the movies, right? They have just the round shield or, or whatnot. You know what's going on here in this scripture when, when Paul is talking about this shield of faith? Listen to me. This word that he uses in here, this shield that he's talking about, it's not just this round thing that just covers just part of it. No, this shield of faith is one that covers the whole body. It covers everything. It says that it goes from the top all the way to the bottom. It's shielding you from the enemy. All of you. Not just part of you. Not just a little bit of you. It shields all of you. So when you have this shield of faith, right, you don't have anything that is vulnerable to you. Do you hear what I just said? There's nothing vulnerable. The shield of faith, the thing that you stand behind, right? The thing that literally saves you. The thing that, the thing that brought Christ into your life, your faith in him, this shield of faith that you set in front of you covers all of your potential vulnerability. But listen to what it is. This is how crucial the, field of, the, the shield of faith is. Here's how crucial it is. Listen to what he says in verse 16. In all, all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Let me just get off for just a moment here. I was telling this to the teenagers the other night, and it's, 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 it works here too. Listen, we have this idea that we, in these little small issues, and these little small problems, God, we don't need you for that, and we put our shield down. No, 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 right? In the little things, church, and in the big things, God wants to be a part of all of it. He wants you to stand behind his faith in all of it. That shield, it never goes down. Why? Because the moment you put it down, that small thing becomes gigantic. Not maybe to you, but to the enemy. Listen to what I just said there. Because we're thinking just for ourselves. We're thinking about our vulnerability. We become vulnerable, not maybe to our own selves, because that's just a little thing, but the enemy sees it as a target. The enemy sees it as a thing, a strategy. Oh, he put his shield down. Oh, she put her shield down on that. There's my end. And so many times, and I know I'm not the only one, 
How many times has that little thing become gigantic because it wasn't shielded? Because you became vulnerable. You let it eat at you and eat at you and eat at you. And over time, it became a gigantic problem and an issue for your life. Because it wasn't a big deal to you, but it's a huge deal for the enemy. But we don't think about that. That's why we're doing this series. That's why we're doing this, because it takes a strategy to do this. In the little things and the big things. All right, here's the last part of it in verse 16. With which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Of your enemy, of Satan, the fallen ones. He is going to shield you from all of those things if you just stand behind faith. But so many times we stand behind our own understanding. I'm asking us, church, it is crucial. Yes, the belt of truth, all of the armor that we just went through is extremely important. And it's there. But when a, when a gladiator, someone throws their shield down, they become, they become vulnerable. When we throw our shield of faith down, we become vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. And these flaming darts that are coming, they come in whispers, right? They come in little circumstances. They come in big moments of life. And if we don't have our shield there, if we don't have our shield of faith there, if we're saying, well, I'm just going to tackle this and deal with this, but you never go to God about it, come on. What do you think is going to happen? What can we possibly think? And here's the deal, right? If we don't have our shield of faith, more than likely, we're not going to God with it, which means our belt is probably not there either. Which means the breastplate of righteousness is not there either. You see how this works together? You see how, you see how God is using Paul to tell the Ephesus church, listen, this is, this is something that goes all together. It's like going to Halloween next week with half your costume. It won't work. People think you're weird. Don't do that. Same thing, right, with the armor of God. It takes all of it, all of it. And when we don't stand behind the faith that we have in Christ, what a shame. Because it's like we never let the Spirit fully hit us and lead us to where he wants us to go. Our faith, church, our faith. Stand and live through your salvation that you have in him. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You see how Paul is bringing this full circle? You see this? You see what I'm talking about? What's the last thing? What's the last thing someone puts on right before they go to battle? Right? Putting that, putting that helmet on. Right? Everything else is there. Everything else is dressed up. Paul, he's sitting here. He's saying, hey, Last thing I'm putting on before I head out into battle. Your salvation, the thing that protects one of the most vulnerable areas of your body. The last thing he mentions, your salvation. This is what we're fighting from. Yes, we put everything together. We have the truth. It's gonna come back, right? It's gonna come back. The truth, the truth the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel through the feet and the shoes, the shield of faith that we stand behind.
that protects our vulnerabilities. Helmet of salvation. But listen to what he says at the end. And the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. What's the truth? You see how he brought it full circle, church? It starts with truth. It ends with truth. It's all about his truth, his armor for you, his word for you. We live and breathe a culture that tells us your truth. We preach his. We walk his Why? Because this salvation that we know that we have when we go out in the battle and all these things are coming our way and we know that we're fully protected and armored up when we have the full armor of God and we're fighting through his salvation for our life, the truth is our weapon. Listen to me. This weapon is not to be used lightly which means that we can't just get into this weapon and use it and then abuse those that we feel like we want to, right? That's not what this is for. It's not what it's made for. It's not what God intended for it. No, this, this, this here, this truth, this sword, this truth, this, this word of God, this is what we use to make sure that our armor stays on. This is what we use to make sure that we're still standing behind the shield of faith and we're not dropping it. Because the moment we drop this, we drop it. This is what we have when we put on the helmet of salvation. That's where it comes from. So the moment in time that we go away from his understanding and his word, we begin to lose. Because the strategy for the battle is found here. Marianne's going to make her way. We're going to come to a close here. But I told you I wanted to mention you to you guys a, a guy named Joshua. Now, a lot of you are familiar with Joshua. All right? Joshua is probably one of my favorite characters in the Bible. One of my favorites But I want to just read this. This is Joshua chapter one, right off the bat. I want to read this to you. I want you to to see where God was taking Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. What is that? Ephesians 16, or 610, right? Stand firm, be strong. Stand firm, church. Stand firm, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. You have inherited eternal life. Only be strong and very courageous. He says it again. Being careful to do according to the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Truth. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Don't do what your flesh says to do. Don't turn to your left hand or your right hand. Stand firm. Be courageous. Yes, it's going to be fearful. You're not going to want to do it. But stand firm. Stand courageous. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, many times when we talk about Joshua and we look at his life, we're like, I can't achieve that. That's too much. I can't be that person. You know, Joshua, he died. He was buried. He's gone. You know what that tells me? He was flesh and blood. He was a man, just like you and me. He was a human, just like you and me. And yet God used him for courageous and powerful things. You see, his mentor, his person that he counted on had just died. And this is the message that God gives him. Be strong and courageous. Don't go your own way. Pick up the truth and meditate on it. Live your life through that because that is what you're going to stand on to be strong and courageous. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.